We're just trying to change the world here, people. Oh, really? It's time for another good idea, bad idea. <clears throat> good idea. Welcome back to O'Reilly Radio 143, recorded Friday, February 10th, 2017, where we dismantle the current events for your edutainment through mostly rational conversations that make you go, oh, really. I'm your host, Andy Cowan, and with my usual suspects, Stephen Griffith, Amber Secker, Fred Sims, Daniel Atherton, and JP. And, of course, this is our, uh, we're just going to do good ideas. We've we've definitely had plenty of bad ideas, so this is our good ideas segment. Um and if you have any other good ideas for us, you know, we could always use those, especially in 2017. So uh, if you find any of those that you'd like to send us or that uh, you find that we've been in error and a good idea is not such a good idea or something like that, go ahead and, and let us know about it. Give us that feedback. Pause us, etc., and send us a note at Podcast at gmail.com or phone it in 470-222-6759. We can take text messages, too. Okay. Good ideas. They're planning on building a floating city in the Pacific over the next few years. So we were talking about dystopias, uh, and Waterworld is one of my favorite dystopias. <laughs> oh, God, uh, why? Waterworld is not a bad movie. No, it's interesting. It's, it's just not, not a... one of the ones we'd want to live in. No, but... It's it's got some interesting things to it. Um, it does, and and this is a this is kind of a bizarre idea. Um, so you can find the link out on our show notes. Uh, there's there's some interesting pictures. Let me see if I can uh, bring in the window. That's not going to do it. Uh, desktop three, wrong desktop. This desktop. Yes, there it is, and it's under all of you. There we go. Move it up, move it up, move it up. I will show everyone. Come on. Really? I can't? What the heck? <laughs> Make it put on top? Darn those live demos. Curses. Come on. One more? Really? It's it's all the way at the top. And okay. the gray box is now extended. Yeah, so that so that's that's just not working. Hey guys, check the show notes. You'll see it in there. Yeah. Oh, okay. There we go. There we go. Okay. Oh, never mind. So, uh, even in the future, oh, look at that. Works. We have visual aids. Yes, we have visual aids now, so you can watch and watch in the uh, in the stream. So, plans uh, for the first floating city to be built in the Pacific in two years' time. I think that's really uh, quite optimistic. It's overly ambitious. I think they'll start in two years. Yeah. yeah. yeah, It's going to begin construction in two years. What they say. So plans for the floating city have been unveiled by a California-based company, Seasteading Institute, who have just signed a deal with the French Polynesian government to begin construction in the Pacific in two years' time. So apparently there's been a deal, at least according to this. The Seasteading Institute has been working on its concept for what it calls permanent innovative communities floating at sea for the last five years and has been searching for a host nation to trial it. The group is interested in the social aspect of a new kind of semi-independent community as well, seeing it as an ideal opportunity to try out new methods of running a society from how to keep the atmosphere clean to potentially to potential new government styles. This could be a very interesting experiment indeed. It's just going to be one giant HOA. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Damn homeowners associations. I hate them. Um, As well you should. Yeah, they're, they're a terrible choice. Um, no, it, it, that's that's what the, your new government's going to be. It's government HOA. I, I like the comments on this article. How would this quote-unquote city even float and stay up and somebody link them to the Wikipedia definition for buoyancy? Nice. And nice. <laughs> how do those cruise ships work? They're made of metal, aren't they? How does that float? It's called displacement. <laughs> Boyle's law? No? Come on. Holy shit, I am so dumb. What? Are you okay? <laughs> I, I thought you meant floating in the air. Oh, boy. 
This isn't Columbia. <laughs> I deal to me. Another Bioshock reference here. Bespin Cloud City, now brought to you by O'Reilly. <laughs> I, had a I had a moment. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I know it's after midnight, but okay. Yeah, no, nobody. Wait. Just remember. Don't judge me. Sorry. Oh. We had visual aids. Yeah, it's, it's too small. It showed water. water. This... There was water. It's this is why you are the alt see. department of education. <laughs> no, no. Just remember, <laughs> seek a new life in the off-world colonies. Nice, yeah. They, they, see, here, let, let me see if I can blow that up for you. There are boats yeah. involved. Boats. Oh, Those are flying boats. <laughs> Clearly, they've landed. There's a Riviera. Oh my god, I can't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm good. I'm sorry. So JP's broken. <laughs> I mean, she's just correctly highlighting that floating does have two connotations. That's all. <laughs> I I cannot deny that. I cannot deny Ooh. that. Yeah. Uh, and I'm a straight A student, guys. <laughs> definitely all the Department of Education system at work. <laughs> How are they going to float? Well, we'll fill them with helium. <laughs> but hydrogen's less expensive. Helium, Let's use helium hydrogen. Helium infused concrete. I I gotta ask though, was it? Amber's comment about the them being linked to buoyancy that tipped you off? Like, yep. what was it? Yep. <laughs> Wait a minute. Buoyant shit doesn't go in the air. <laughs> you know, technically, the know. reason why even helium works is because of the same buoyancy principle, right? So even, even that. Fluid. Yeah. Um, I never took physics, okay? I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, uh, Bookshelf Zombie says that there's also an article about an underwater city as well. Uh, if you can find it, we'll definitely drop it in the show notes because, um, you know, who knows? We, we we obviously are looking for more locations for our dystopian futures. <laughs> Dude, Trinker says they need to talk to Sid Meier about using hexagons, <laughs> not pentagons. <laughs> nice. Oh well, yeah, yeah. They sh- they sure did. They used pentagons. That hive based construction. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it works for the bees. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, what do you think? Is this gonna get... something that's gonna um, JP? Do you think this will fly? God damn it! She was done, and then and she's gone. She's gone. We hit the JP button. Uh, It was worth it. Totally worth it. Okay. Speaking of bees, I have a story, but I'm going to put it as number three. Okay. Yay, bees! What gets me is they're designed to support three-story buildings and last for about a hundred years apiece. But I'm going and projected to cost about 167 million. Okay, the price for what they're doing. That's not bad. The lifespan's nice, but almost you're going, okay, so are you literally going to be abandoning full sections, hauling them out and sinking them, and rebuilding new ones? Or how are they going to handle that how is one I of my questions. I think it's going to be, okay. as time goes on and as we have to deal more and more with climate change and rising sea levels, I think this is, especially for island nations, is going to be the way they're going to have to go if they don't just straight up become refugee, climate refugees and move to, like, you know, the middle of Africa or somewhere, you know, you know, way, main, way inland. Um, overall, I, th- I see it something that's going to have to be done, if not by this company, by somebody else. Probably, yeah, within the next, you know, yeah, twenty years at the most. I think is when we see the first one. My my question is, <clears throat> are how is this going to handle weather effects? Well, well, the nice thing is, if you look at the at least with the image they've got there, yeah. they've got a seawall built. It is that, an impressive that, seawall. That that's great, but <laughs> uh, seawall don't don't cover wind. Seawall don't handle tornadoes and hurricanes. The way it's built, knowing what I know, what little I know, admittedly about how, like, tornado formation and such, you wouldn't have to worry about actually like a water spout occurring inside that seawall. Um, high speed winds doesn't matter. We can build, we can build buildings, especially if you're only looking at three, three stories tall that can handle a category five hurricane and not care. 
Okay. Look at, um, look the at main this issue wall. you hit with hurricanes and everything else is like the amount of sea le- or that wall of water pushes in front of it. That causes tends to cause coastal wise a lot of damage. But if you've got this gigantic freaking wall, which I don't even know uh, how tall that thing is looking. To I be mean, there. it's that's got to be at least six sto- five or six stories out of the water. Yeah, it is an enormous wall. Okay, I think it'll be pretty well protected. Hi. I. It's kind of. It's not my fault. It's the DeVos effect. Okay, that works. <laughs> That's it. It's almost a frighteningly Just... large wall. Uh, Just on a on a. Andy, if note... you go back to that picture of the the cruise, yeah, the the cruise ship there, like mm-hmm. the one right up above it. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's you know everything's not to scale, and you're looking at an angled shot, but that wall seems to be pretty comparable to the cruise ship, which mm-hmm. are huge boats i mean oh yeah so so even if it was three quarters the height of a cruise ship you're definitely talking about a number of stories of well, wall that, protection you around sc- you scroll up to the top one it's the, the top image is actually a cruise ship coming into the yeah mm-hmm. city. it's enormous yeah just I, on a personal note know. for someone who has bathophobia this is a nightmare <laughs> <laughs> right but this is a fucking again, nightmare bathophobia. Um, well, when I thought it was floating in the air, I'm like, I'm terrified of heights. I'm never going to get on that thing. <laughs> <laughs> Much less wondering, how does that work? Right. Also, to give you an idea, uh, Oasis of the Seas, which is one of the world's largest passenger ships. So, yeah, I'm going for the upper end here. Um, it has above the waterline a 72 meter height. So 236 feet above the water. Drinker is saying it's a 20-meter wall. Wow, that's a big wall. Which would still be a damn big wall. Big wall. That's the kind of wall we want to build. That's Shit, right. That's Unfortunately, Mexico is not an island nation. That's five or six stories <laughs> tall. Yeah. So after global warming, it could be. This is... Uh... <laughs> Again, drainage, I think, is going to be a possible issue. Um... Because you you don't want that to retain water. Look at this like citadel thing here in the middle. <laughs> they got some crazy ideas. Again, I mean, I think shedding water is important. Well, I'm pretty certain they're not going to be they're not going to be solid walls all the way down to the seafloor. No, no, it's all floating. They're going to be they're they're going to be floating, <laughs> interlocked, maybe certain pillars holding it in place. But no, it'll be open to let water flow underneath. There is a um, a design and feasibility report that can be downloaded. Ooh, okay. And oh, download. You can download models. Model. Maybe assemble your own models. Interesting. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of information here. They're not joking around. They're really trying. Uh, so if you have enough money and really, really want to try to rebuild Atlantis. They're trying or, the uh, C- Central American nations. Or if you are, is, um, you're a venture capitalist and want to invest in the future, uh, give this a shot. Well, now but that first, they actually before have... that, invest in Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm sure that they'll all benefit from it. Um, hmm. uh, I bookshelf zombie. Um, Yes, Dubai would eat this up, but first they have to finish their their islands since they're making that resort. Mm-hmm. So here's their floating island project. That this is the one that they're actually apparently starting now. Hmm. Their POC phase Proof three French Polynesia on January 13, twenty seventeen. We entered phase three of the floating city project, now called the floating island project. On that day, delegates from the government of French Polynesia traveled to San Francisco to sign a Memorandum of Understanding, which I've never heard of before, with us agreeing to cooperate on development legislation for the Floating Island Project by the end of 2017. So they're looking to make sure that all the legal easements necessary for development and implementation are in place. Yeah, that's smart. Um, I, I like what Dewdrinker said in chat. Start small, 
self-floating parking garages in Tokyo Harbor and San Francisco Bay. That'd That's good. cool. That'd be good. Or also Hong Kong's Bay. I, I, I agree, Bookshelf Zombie. Yeah. Evil Lair? Yeah, I believe uh, the man with a golden gun lived on an island. I think that was that was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, interesting. Um, now, if did, they can actually get this set up properly, I can see it being abused by corporate entities as putting this in the international waters. Oh, of course. Do Drinker was clarifying that MOUs are common agreements between governments and enterprises. Well, okay, mm-hmm. thank you, Do Drinker. You're on point tonight. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's got a T-shirt and everything. They've yeah. got a T-shirt and everything. That's right. Since all we know is you drink the dew. Okay. So, floating islands um, in the water. Floating islands. <laughs> this is the beginning of Waterworld. In the water. I did. In the water. I did. I, I did start I, it by mentioning Waterworld. Did I not? Yes, you did. Yeah, you did. I just. I had a really dumb moment. It okay. happened. All right. All right. Just wanted to make sure that it was not my fault that I broke it. Bring in the comedy. I think, I think the headphones are compressing my brain. Ah. Okay. Okay. We'll no, we spent too long discussing. Oh, Trump. damn it! <laughs> One of my Twitter followers was just like, "The fantasy genre has inflated our expectations." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it really has, actually. Yeah, I can't, I can't <laughs> well, handle this. I'm so we're sorry. certainly having uh, having all of our expectations deflated uh, right about now. Okay. See, see, the one time I do the show, and this happens. Here, let's talk see? about abortion. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that 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 screeching followed by a crash and the sound of flames. <laughs> that was that transition. <laughs> You know that hole that was just punched that 20-meter seawall? That was the segue. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, hold on. If you want a segue, if we're going to go from a floating city, we're going to go right into floating no. supposed people. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. And since we talked about possible destruction of a floating city, let's talk about possible destruction of a floating possible person. Oh. Should we have started oh this podcast with a trigger warning? I don't know. <laughs> okay. So for anyone out here who's listening, always consider trigger warning. Yeah, yeah. And to clarify, I mean floating in water, not floating in the air. God damn it. <laughs> floating, floating in amniotic fluid. Amniotic fluid, yeah. So <clears throat> not you know, amniotic air. Amniotic air. Whoa. Wow. That that'd be that'd be special. Okay. In a landmark case, Peru has compensated a woman for denying her a medically indicated abortion. In 2001, KL was a 17-year-old woman who was, uh, I'm sorry, just 17-year-old who was diagnosed as having a fetus with anencephaly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think At I pronounced weeks. that right, finally. At 14 weeks gestation. As described below, the fetal anomaly is routinely lethal. Although abortion was legal in Peru, in this circumstance, a hospital director refused her request for an abortion. She was forced to continue her pregnancy and deliver the doomed fetus, which survived only four days. Working with human rights lawyers, KL filed a complaint with the United Nations Human Rights Committee. Based in Geneva in 2005, the committee concluded that Peru had violated several articles of the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights, and it ordered financial compensation to KL. Fifteen years after the incident, reparations were finally made for Peru's, quote, cruel, inhuman, and degrading treatment, end quote. This marked the first time the United Nations Committee had held a country accountable for failing to ensure safe access to legal abortion. Wow. wow. I, I actually looked at anencephaly. Um, use my Google foo. I got an actual do- like information from the Mayo Clinic and other doctors and others. The for those people who don't know, anencephaly is a baby born with an under- underdeveloped brain and an incomplete skull. Oh. What I love here is like that. Yeah. Anencephaly is a defect that a baby born with anencephaly might be stillborn or survive only a few hours to a few days after birth. The next line. The main symptom is unconsciousness. What? <laughs> um, Followed by death. I think, that, I think maybe like, that's a light word to be using. <laughs> the main symptom is unconsciousness. 
the lack of any possibility of cognition. I think yeah, you think maybe. they would notice the you know missing part of skull first. Yeah. Uh, this, yeah, this, this is noted by lack of free frontal, free frontal, prefrontal, prefrontal cortex. cortex. Yeah. Free yeah. frontal, free frontal, <laughs> free frontal. Don't look up pictures. Don't. Yeah. No. Don't do it. It's. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm glad. I'm one of those who. Yes, I will never have an abortion because I do not have the parts. Um, but medical I, science I, can I, fix that, Stephen. It, it can be. It can be done. I, I don't Not need science to fix that. Thank you. Um, I'm good. Yet. I think we have a story actually well, back, back in the in the in the vaults yeah. where it has been done. It has been done. Mm-hmm. Where a working uterus, a uterus and and reproductive system implanted has mm-hmm. yeah, and conception was yes, really yes yes. Hmm. It could be done. But, but honestly, I'm one of those who fully affirms that abortion should be a human right and access. Oh. No problem. Let me just say, as a person with a uterus who is capable of getting pregnant, this article, like, I, the Hallelujah Chorus is playing in the background of my brain right now. Like, But this is the UN essentially saying that abortion is a human right. Yeah, and that's incredible. Yes. Like, that's... Now, if our own freaking country would listen to that, that'd be great. And if people would just sit the fuck down and yeah. shut up about it. And so we have laws that are currently being Common proposed sense. that uh, that life begins at conception. Which is it's it's a benchmark you can't even quantify. Like right, you 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 can't know. Yes. It, it's it's Schrodinger's baby. Yeah, where your where women are always. Both pregnant and not pregnant at the same time until they really, really know well, they are. Sorry, not every religion says that abortion is a bad thing. Suck also, my... mm. also as we said before, the whole idea of body autonomy is a thing. That's right. Yes. Right. Yeah, but then they then the argument is, well, yes, but then you're not taking into account the bodily autonomy of the baby. Yeah, yeah. Um, that is it, a parasite. But that, but no, 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 no. The onus is, is not on the person whose body is being used to sustain another body. It's on the person who's using the bo- or the thing that's using the body to sustain themselves. Yeah. Oh, I was, I was just giving the devil's ar- argument. You know. Oh no, no, no! I'm not yelling at you. I'm just yelling in general because that argument makes me very angry because yeah, yeah. people yeah. misconstrue that all the time. Of like, they think that's a gotcha, and I'm like, no. Yeah, for, for for those people out there, because I've I've read in this argument, I, I love refuting the whole, you know, oh my god, kill you, no, no, no. As a corpse, you are not you still. Say Dan has a horrific disease, has a problem, needs a new heart or a new <laughs> Sorry, kidney. Sorry, I am the I am the perfect donor for that. I, however, refuse to give him such. Even in yeah. my death, he is not allowed to use the courts or anything else to harvest my kidney to save him. That is his heart. <laughs> they're going to put the kidney where Multiple his heart... organs. Multiple organs matter here. Jesus. More, you, total more systemic more failure. Like Invader Zim, more are organs playing, means more human. Like, what are we playing? Play Gank? Come on yes. now. I, 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 just, I just need a new disc. That's, that's <laughs> all I need. I, I don't need a new heart. I don't need a kidney. Just need a new disc. Yeah, I, I, I don't think we can actually harvest those from anybody else anyway, so I'm, I'm afraid we're just going to have to turn you into a cyborg. <laughs> Everybody's for cybernizing him. What the hell? Because that's the way you do it. My only quibble with bringing up that argument is that there are compelling reasons to stop the practice of saying, well, you're dead, but we're going to respect that you don't want your organs harvested for whatever reason. Well, like I think well, it was we have France. Going back to France, um, they've made it so that a law. I don't think it's passed yet. I think it's been written that everyone is an organ donor now. You have to opt out. Yeah. Wow. And there there are compelling legitimate reasons for that, and that's one of the reasons oh. I don't like to fall back on that argument because you in, sure. invariably get the one person. Who's like, well, but, and I'm like, but we're still not talking about like 
all right, to, to do it a different way, like, you know, somebody can't just walk up to you who needs a blood transfusion. I mean, hope they probably wouldn't be walking anyway, but in this scenario for funsies, let's go that way and be able to jam, you know, a needle. They can't just the tap you. Yeah. Like that's not, that's not something that they can do. Like a keg. Also, thank you for bringing that up, Dan. Actually, as of January 1st of this year, it took effect. Okay. In so, France, you now have to opt out of organ donation in France. Which I, I, I like that idea. It, because while it still respects religion, where a person is in some faiths, they must be buried with all their organs a certain amount of time, etc. Yeah. Uh, but as a person of that faith, you can go and opt out. And yeah. actually, it's some somewhat, in my opinion, I, it's just my opinion, faith affirming, because as a, a, a member of this faith, I I am showing my faith by going and opting out. Yeah, fair. It can be. It can be looked. Yeah, at if it, I would love to hear words from you, Amber, about this. Not necessarily here, but you know, us private talking. If you can help me come up with a better argument to use, help me, please. I would love to use it. Yeah, absolutely. Dewdrinker42 has a uh, thought experiment for us. If one person is discovered to be immune to a pandemic disease that's threatening the world, and science may be able to develop a vaccine from his blood, but he doesn't consent, can we take it? No. I can. No. (laughs) (laughs) Can or legally can. Where did you get this vial of blood? Fell off the back of a truck. It's really good stuff. Just take it. Don't ask I'll show you the video. Um, <laughs> I believe ethically, no, you cannot. You have to respect the wishes of the person. Uh, right. However, that person is a fucking asshole if they don't. <laughs> right. Uh, ethically, no, you cannot. But that is why people like me exist. Is he <laughs> proud of you for your mouth tonight? Oh, well, you're, you're welcome. Um, I, I hold it back. It's got to, got to be in reserve. It's got to have that potency for, for later. So, okay. Yeah, that's what vigilante mobs are for. <laughs> yeah, but you got to wow. leave them intact. I didn't know we went to India all of a sudden. No, for that, you don't need vigilante mobs. You clearly need night surgeons because they know how to do it correctly. Yes, the no needs of the many. references. The needs of the many the outweigh the needs of the one. Okay. So... That was the UN actually taking a big stand and actually having results. So, UN. so now, should if they can only hold the, the member nations properly accountable, right? They right. did in the case of Peru, but that's because, well, let's face it, Peru's not a heavy hitter. No, well, it's, no offense, it's true, Peru. but you know, at least, at least when people in, inevitably bring up the argument that the UN is toothless and can't do anything and is ineffectual, name one case. Oh, I got a case for you. Hang mm-hmm. on. Yeah. Let me pull this one you up. You actually have a case. <laughs> so It's all about one. that. Uh, yeah. Dude, Drinker, that's precisely the point I was making. Yeah. They they were able to hold Peru to it, but if this happens in the U.S. <sighs> hey, there's stare decisis now. <laughs> yes, there is. You just wanted to use that. I did. You're correct. I did. It's my new word. It's my word of the day. There you go. So, okay. so the world solving this apocalypse. Let's talk about yes. bees. The world's I'm first excited. pollinating drone could help us survive the apocalypse. Ooh! Tell us about the apocalypse. Well, um, just as a, a, a precursor, um, pretty much bees be dying. Um, no. Because mostly because of um, man-made circumstances pertaining to pesticides um, and other chemical reasons. Um, But researchers have developed a remote-controlled pollinator using a miniature drone equipped with sticky gel in what could be a glimpse of the future as more and more bee species become endangered. With extinction pressures on bees and the world's other natural pollinators estimated to threaten up to $577 billion worth of global food production annually, Artificial pollinators could be one way of taking the burden off insects and other animals that play a pivotal role in agriculture. Uh, While autonomous bee drones could be an important part of food production in the future, researchers from the National Institute of Advanced Industrial Science and Technology in Japan only stumbled upon their artificial pollinator concept by chance. 
Um, they ended up developing a gel that was sticky as hair wax, but no good for conductivity. Considering the liquid a failure, they abandoned it, placing the gel in a storage cabinet in an uncapped bottle. And several years later, uh, one of the researchers, uh, Aijiro Miyako, rediscovered the substance and was amazed to find that despite being lidless for so long, it hadn't altered or evaporated. Huh. That's interesting. That's this- shocking. Uh, when dropped on the floor, the researchers noted that the gel's stickiness helped it pick up dust easily, and it occurred to them that it might make a good material for collecting pollen grains. Um, this is where bees and other insects come in. Uh, they are the ones who collect the small grains of pollen that get stuck to their bodies, ferrying them back and forth between plants during feeding. Um while bees are naturally good at this, anybody or anything could do this manual transfer, which is one of the reasons why people actually perform the task by hand in rural China in response to declining bee numbers there. But this would be a much more efficient way, as you can imagine. This is, a, this is an amazing. This is the gif small they room. have, which is just one of these miniature drones essentially dive bombing a plant. Yeah. It's just amazing to watch. <laughs> yeah. It's like, ah! Pff, like, it's not a graceful little thing. No. Well, it's effective. That's all you need. Not in not in this instance, but you can you can um, navigate drones. But you also but, mentioned the whole thing about the hand pollinating in China. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually recently uh, listened to a story about that, and they actually found out that trees, like, like especially fruit trees and everything else that were pollinated by hand, actually produce like three to four times the amount of fruit mm-hmm. than ones pollinated by bees because the ones – especially the ones talking about the group in China – they hit every single flower on the tree. Bees don't. Right. Yeah. Um, To test their gel, Miyako's team put droplets of the liquid on ants and placed them in a box of tulips. The material helped the ants pick up more pollen on their bodies than untreated insects, which showed the gel could be used as a good adhesive. Um, And at which point they decided to use miniature four propeller drones, um, which sell for uh, apparently the retail value of which is about a hundred dollars each. Um, and since the drone's plastic body would be too smooth to hold on to significant amounts of pollen grains by itself, they affixed a small brush made of horsehair to the underside of the unit and immersed the brush in gel. Hmm. And that's, um, uh, that's pictured right here. Yes. Yeah. And in further testing with the makeshift bee substitute, the remote-controlled drone was able to successfully pollinate Japanese lilies by ferrying the tiny grains from one plant to another, although manually piloting the miniature pollen taxi takes a little while to get used to. This is like having a miniature camera and a good like AI controlling them. Mm-hmm. Whole swarms of them will be very, very useful. And what's interesting, because I've gotten into the yeah. show recently, um, this kind of system has already appeared in an episode of Black Mirror. Huh. Neat. Yep. Also for miniaturization. Eh. <laughs> um, yeah. These are itty bitty. With some of the new AIs that are coming out where we can make swarms mm-hmm. uh, and have swarm AIs, mm-hmm. um, you could, you know, well, it's that time of the year again. Take the drones out and activate them. Give the drones the go code. Well, again, for people who didn't see it, they do this field and then come back tomorrow after they recharge the batteries, they'll do the next field. Along the same lines, you've got uh, people who watch the Super Bowl, especially the halftime show and such. Um, They actually had drones that were lit lit up. Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that. In Swarm AI. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they made, like, the American flag over the the field. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The the problem is, of course, that these are very small. You want you need them to be small for their actual task. Um, yeah, but they cannot carry a, a great deal of other electronics. You know, because if you add a camera, then you're adding yeah. weight. And adding also, weight, and in order to run the camera, you have to have a bigger battery pack and more electronics. Yeah. So that adds more weight still. So then you reach a point of diminishing return. So you you've got to have uh, it it's needs to be society. automated. It's a balancing act. It's really a balancing or, act. Because you, well, no, you, you still have to have a sensor package. Well, you know, actually, not necessarily even that, per se. What you can get away with is you have a much much bigger drone, almost like a mother drone, mm-hmm. that does the fly around, finds all the flowers, and just parks itself above the tree, knowing where everything is and how to get into it. And it just controls all of the little 
micro drones to deploy go the swarm. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting. So you, you're like, you're thinking like like a carrier system almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, either a carrier system or just a big drone that's a got mothership. good cameras, good scanners, yes. good everything else, and a lot of battery power. A mothership. And you have all the micro yeah. drones just somewhere, not even being carried by it because there'd be extra weight for it. It flies around, finds everything on the tree, scans it all, processes it, and goes, okay, marks them all, and then just has the micro drones go in there as almost its own little fingers. <clears throat> it needs tentacles. That's what it needs. Yeah. Everything <laughs> none, needs tentacles. None <laughs> of this is terrifying. None of this is terrifying to you people. All of this is terrifying. <laughs> no. What I'm far more terrified by is the idea that we're going to yeah the apocalypse you know the in january back in january the uh freaking uh uh, rusty patched bumblebee was put on the endangered species list for the first time that's huge that's and and i don't think most people even even if you say it's huge i don't think most people understand the global impact losing bee species is having and will continue to have if we don't do something just like you know people don't understand okay this place is devoid of frogs. They're an indicator species. They don't get that. Yeah. And I mean, in just in just this example alone, in California, the almond industry involves some 35 billion bees from 1.8 million hives, pollinating about 3 trillion flowers over approximately 3,642 square kilometers. Trillions. If we, you know, losing bees is... is Cataclysmic. Well, yeah. Just think about that. There are more bees in that little section. There, there are ten times more bees in that little section. Than there are humans on the planet. Yep. And the fact is, is that they help keep everything balanced. And yeah. that, that to me, like, no, like I, I, I do agree that like this technology purposed differently is um, terrifying. Oh, yeah, terrifying. But I'm, I'm more worried. At this stage, about where we're headed with the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Well, <sighs> your dystopian future differs from my dystopian future, <laughs> and that's okay. We can have different dystopian futures. We can. How about when... no dystopian futures? No, that's because not people gonna are going to keep trying to put AI in machines, and then I'm controlled by a goddamn robot. <laughs> it's <laughs> going to happen. I welcome my robotic roommate. It's not a roommate. It's an overlord. I think they're talking about you, Dan. I'll have to find a link for this at some point, but I liked the experimentation that was going on with trying to replicate human consciousness within AI. No. So that you could continue, you could basically have a form of, of immortality. No, Steve. I'm uploading myself. Oh, yeah. No. One of, one of see, the I reasons are the only way I can fight. Donna Noble has the left the library. Donna Noble Out, has been saved. Yeah, outside no. of orangutan arms, which see, I'm going <laughs> to Anna. Steve and I have had this discussion actually a couple of times, and he's all for it, and I'm like, nope, 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 nope. It's I'm okay. curious as to why. So I'm why fine now? for immortality. Um, we'll I don't. I, I don't want immortality. It has never been a thing that I've desired. That's fair. That's fine. I'm with we'll Steve. Just, we'll I'm just delete Steve. you then. It's fine. It's not a problem. I want to see what comes <laughs> next if we happen to exactly. live long enough. Well, yeah. I'm also and I don't a... want to have to. I don't want to have to worry about biological processes. Yeah, exactly. I wish uh, to continue my continuity. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm good. Mm, okay. That's fine. More hard drive <laughs> space for me. Well, it won't be compulsory. <laughs> Compulsory immortality. Well, There's your dystopian future. That is, in <laughs> fact, a dystopian future. That, that is it be. right there. Compulsory, compulsory nope. immortality. It well, won't be compulsory, but my unethical nature will allow me to steal your brain power to add to my own. So how, even though you don't want it, you're going to become a part of my consciousness. God damn it, Fred. So you're going to become the Borg, is what yeah, you're telling that's me. Exactly. I am a collective. Wait, Fred, <laughs> just be honest. Just say it's it plainly. a collective of all the Freds. All <laughs> of them. Fred, just, just be honest. You actually just want all of us inside you. Ew. I mean, I don't, I don't know that I would use that phrasing. <laughs> that was a long pause. 
<laughs> One might call it a pregnant pause. Oh, it's yeah. going to have to be after everyone was inside of me. And you better bet abortion. I'm going to kick. And back to abortion. <sighs> Thank God it's a human right, but am I still well, human as human. an immortal bot? You will be human, so it's not going to be so much abortion as it is, I don't know, ejection? I'll just have to file a complaint with the UN and wait 12 years for them to give me a decision. Excisement? 88th trimester abortion. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, there's, I'm there's a just... meat popsicle. Okay. Oh, my God. There's a button that just propulsion. <laughs> At what speed do you wish your baby ejected? 200 PSI? <laughs> Can I go back to Blade Runner dystopias, please? <laughs> oh, my God. Welcome wow. to O'Reilly Radio, where it's 2017 and nothing matters. <laughs> nothing matters. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we oh, do picks? Shall we yes, do picks? We let's just let's just uh, add those in here because uh, there's no point in having a break after this. We're already off the rails. Um, so wow. I I have um I have the uh, Fitbit Blaze uh, watch and so far I'm I'm liking it. It uh, it tracks. My pulse rate, because I, I noticed that my pulse was apparently a little high and possibly my blood pressure, so I'm working on that. Though I'm not going to blame uh, only politics on blood pressure, you know, my blood pressure only on politics, that is. Um, though I'm sure it's a contributing factor. So it's got the, the little green lights there that uh, that flash against your skin, through your skin, to uh, measure your pulse rate and all that fun stuff. And uh, it's got several watch faces and it tracks your steps and uh, estimates based on your pulse rate and other information that you've put into the system, how many calories you're burning just all the time. So apparently I'm burning like 3,000 calories a day by doing nothing, which is interesting. So, oh, you're walking? No, no, that's just sitting. That's not even they walking. They calculated that yeah. walking actually burns more calories than originally thought. Yeah, it can. Uh, so there's uh, there's the combination of steps. Uh, uh, like apparently somehow my actions have generated 28 steps uh, today. It's laughing. <laughs> it might you know <laughs> it laughing. Yeah, that's you're probably welcome. The laughing. Yeah, there you go. See, you, thank you, you guys are You guys are are generating more more activity for me. So thank you very much. You're going to keep me alive longer so that I I can delay my eventual implantation Upload. into uh, into, <laughs> into a, Fred A and A. Into A and A, yeah, that's it. A and A is a a construct from one of our novel series. So, um, check back for our book club later on. Okay, <clears throat> so that was uh, that was my pick, the Fitbit Blaze. Uh, it's not a cheap watch, but you can change things out, and it's uh, it lasts several days on a charge. It's uh, it's pretty uh, pretty good. So nice. It, it doesn't look horrible either. You know, it looks oh. like a looks like a nice watch. It's very slim. So yeah. So there you go. All right. I want my pit boy, damn it. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I got that back behind me. Yeah, I have one of those, too. It's right there. Oh. I'm, I'm jealous of you both. <laughs> it's really not all it's cracked up to be. <laughs> no, but Think Geek has come out with a really cool one. Ooh. Yeah, they also came out with a Star Trek communicator, a Bluetooth Star Trek communicator. Nice. But oh. uh, I, I'm hearing bad reviews. Like oh, they, no. they actually do a click button as opposed to having like just a capacitive, which you know that would be way better. And uh, they're very, they're not very loud. They're not loud enough. So mm. yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So yeah, and Pip Boys are definitely super uncomfortable. They, you know, mm-hmm. maybe if they actually did like bond to the bone or something like they they do in the game, then maybe that'd be better. But no, obviously no. So well, it, it's <clears throat> actually taking a proper bracer design and applying it, but. Most people don't think that well. Exactly. Does it really bond to the bone in the games? Uh, th- no. There was some biometric security thing, and, and they do integrate, hmm. like, into you somehow. Really? Yeah, at least in... How do you ever... You're not supposed to ever take it off. They only come off when you die. I have clothing questions about that. Yeah. <laughs> don't. I have hygiene game logics about that. Yeah. Yeah. Video game logic, don't question. Yeah, it's video game logic, so, yeah. It's a dystopia. That's yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's it's Fallout. But that was like yeah, Fallout that, no, 3. That I think post-apocalyptic. In, I think in Fallout 4, you can actually take it off. Actually, so they, they, they changed it, so, yeah. Different. But So, yeah. Okay. 
Steven, Roku. Yes. Yeah, I recently we, we finally got a TV. Thank you to certain <laughs> people, mostly Dan's parents. Um, and we don't have cable, but we've got all this computer capability and everything else and wonderful access to several streaming services. So we're like, you know what? We need something where we can actually view this on the TV rather than just be a TV for games. So I bought the Roku Premiere Plus streaming media player from Amazon. And as my two roommates who are now on the show can attest, it is a beautiful thing of absolute wonder. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had no problems whatsoever with streaming anything, either from Netflix. We've watched uh, YouTube on it. Uh, I've also connected to a Plex server and watched stuff through that. That's where I do most of my watching, actually. Um, Has absolutely no problem with that. No real delay. Um, I like the fact that if your computer – if your – Screen is too loud. Or you just don't want to wake people up in the house. You actually have the option of plugging headphones into the remote control to listen to it that way. Or you can do the same thing through the Roku app on your phone, which is very cool. Um, if you've got one of the really high-end Ultra HD TVs, this actually does 4K at 60 frames per second. Um, there's lots of free channels Roku has access to, so you don't even need PBS to really pay for anything. It's great. Um, then there's a number of paid if you want to pay as well, you know, but he also has access to, you got Hulu. They've got a Hulu app. You just, you know, you get the free stuff or, Hey, look, you've already paid for Hulu. Oh, look, I've now got Hulu on this Netflix, Netflix. Uh, yeah. HBO go HBO go. Yeah. All those are just right there. Not a problem whatsoever. It's the setup was incredibly easy. You know, I had my laptop nearby because I asked you to, okay, go here, go to the site. Okay. What's the code? Okay. Enter the code. Okay. Done. And, oh, look, you're now set up, and it's good to go. It took, like, less than, I think, two minutes, two to three minutes to do a full setup of the thing. And I was immediately already ready to stream. I like it because, yeah, it does have external power, but I wanted that rather than the stick. It does have a very good uh, wireless capability, which is something one of the reasons I went with it over the stick as well. It's actually running, I believe, dual band. It's 802.11 AC dual band MIMO. Yeah, which is one of the main reasons I went with it over, like the Express or the or even the Stick, because the Stick is only BG and N. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's got all the HD support. It's got Ethernet, micro SD ports. You know, I didn't go with the Ultra because I don't need a remote finder, uh, or gaming buttons, or USB port, or. Really a lot of the stuff that it has. It has digital optical output. That that can be important yeah. to some people uh, for home yeah. theater stuff. But yeah. I mean, it's nice. I don't have a home theater setup that can handle it. So there's no point for me to get that. But I love the little box. It's unobtrusive. The controller is omnidirectional, so you don't have to point it at the box to get it to work. Essentially, it's a Bluetooth remote. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. It's just no, not line of sight. No. But... I love it. It's a great thing if you have a lot of streaming content and you don't want to say, you know, build a small computer to attach to your TV or always have a laptop plugged up to it. So definitely five stars without a problem. The Roku Premiere Plus, go out and get it if you want to stream stuff to your TV. There was a there's a guy named Ayaz Akhtar. He was doing a uh, a a home geek kind of thing, and he created a, a little thing called the the PAR rating, or Partner Acceptance Rating. And for various geek things, some things have a very low Partner Acceptance Rating, like having an entire PC hooked up to your TV. That's not going to be a great experience. <clears throat> but for having this kind of thing, the PAR rating is high. It's very easy, easily acceptable. Um, I've, I've been a very big proponent of Roku, uh, ever since they came out, especially because of that private listening thing. So I've got several Rokus around the, uh, the geek house here. So, yeah. Uh, the Roku Premiere Plus streaming media player is, uh, probably the most bang for your buck you're gonna get. It's a hundred bucks. And I think you can also get them at Walmart now too. And just walk in there and grab them. So, pretty cool. I love them. All right, let's say what's next, what's next? Daniel. Something I wish to watch off of the Roku. <laughs> Once it is up on Netflix, 
is Bill Nye Saves the World. Coming in April. Yep. The anti-anti-science show. <clears throat> yes. Love it. Uh, Bill Nye, for all of the, you, you children of, of the late 90s, um, <laughs> had a little show back in the day called Bill Nye the Science Guy. Bill, well, Bill, 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 the war cry of a generation. It, is, it yeah. truly is. Science guy. Science literacy is very important, especially You will remember it age. from when your science teacher didn't want to do anything that day because he was hungover. <laughs> True. Um, True facts. But he uh, has Not wrong. gotten a show on Netflix. Uh, it will actually be a uh, sort of talk show. It's going to take place in a science lab, um, and they are going to go over delightfully geeky science stuff, and it's going to be wide-ranging. We're going to go into attacking anti-scientific claims. We're going to tackle climate change, sex, alternative medicine, etc. There's going to be a team of people and special correspondents. I... I am so excited, and there's going to be a, a number of guests on the show. Alton Brown's already been confirmed for the show. Nice. I am, I am so so looking forward to this. I am hyped, and with everything that's going on right now in the world, we need this show, and we need to watch. Do you know what would be super awesome? Um, do you remember? Or do you, I don't know if you remember, but did you ever hear of that uh, Food Network show Throwdown with Bobby Flay, where he yeah. would just show up places and like challenge people to cook? My aunt was on that show. It would be super badass if there was a science show where there was like a science denier and then like famous scientists showed up and just like throw down science on their asses like, oh, I'm here to bust some science on you. And then it's just like this competition of like they try to show no science versus science. I think it would work better as like a modification of the punked series on M- MTV where you find go. find somebody who is just a science denier and then ambush punked them. them ambush them with science. Science ambush. That's the name of the series right there. Science ambush. You got yeah. scienced. Nice. <laughs> Making science a verb. Yeah. <laughs> but though well, just- this is something you do. Blindside them <laughs> forcibly with hi. We're having an intervention. You need science. <laughs> I need you all. <laughs> I need you all to take a step back. I'm about oh to do science. God. So no, I, you're wow. a homeopath, right? Can I see a bottle of your pills there? Oh, okay, let's see. Active ingredients. There aren't any. Oh, okay. Well then, ah, I just need all of them. <laughs> Mm. Wow. Would you want to? Because that might be a lot of just, you know, grass. Yeah. Not the good kind. Still, you know, just whatever. Just it's lawn like, clippings. Not going to hurt me. <laughs> I don't know. It might. Depends on the lawn. That's but, true. Well, there's a... Um, this is something we need. There's a Cybabe. Uh, I can't... Yvette, oh, I can't remember God. her last name. But she actually attacks the um, the homeopaths. And she has... You know, gone to CVS because for some reason they had a homeopathic medicine um, and, Second, you know, yeah. found something and said, like, okay, well, I took the whole thing, recorded herself, you know, on, on VS. Like, oh, look, absolutely nothing happened. Nothing. Because they're sugar pills. There's nothing in them. Placebo. Yes. Expensive okay. placebo. Looking at her blog, I like one of the articles. Five reasons why donuts are healthier than crystal meth. Oh, I can I, think of probably more than five. Yeah, <laughs> several. Yeah, that that. Oh, here, not here's what I've heard a lot. That I'll, yeah, six things that happen when you sleep with an onion in your sock. <laughs> Discomfort yeah. for one. Um, and your feet are gonna smell something awful. Well, do I have to your wear partner the sock? Leaves you. No, do, do I have to wear the sock, <laughs> or just like put the onion in the sock and over there on a shelf or something? No, it's the, you yeah. put it on your foot, put the 
sock over to hold the onion in place. Now go to sleep, and it purifies the body. Yeah, but I love her uh, subtitle. I love toxins. her subtitle to this article. If you want onions, have a fucking sandwich. Namaste. <laughs> <laughs> like, there you go. Beautiful. Yep. Live and let live. Okay. So, JP, so you've my... got uh, you've got one. Uh, we, of course, love Bill Nye and all the things that he does. So we'll we'll certainly look at that that show and we'll we'll give it a good review later on after it comes out in April. So, JP, you've got one rogue NASA T-shirts. What is this? Yes, on the subject of people who need science, <laughs> you guys have seen the rogue government, the alt government Twitter accounts. Yeah. One of the first was Rogue NASA. They now have a t-shirt with an insignia that someone designed for them. And they are selling them. And all of the proceeds, um, last the last ones, they raised tw- uh, $225,000 that was split between Girls Who Code and the National Math and Science Institute. Um, this new batch is half the proceeds are going to FIRST, which is uh, for inspiration and recognition of science and technology. They do a lot of robotics uh, tutoring for kids. And Black Girls Code, um, which is trying to get more women of color into science and STEM fields. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're 35 bucks, or I'm sorry, 32 bucks. But again, all of the proceeds are going to science education for kids. So it is being done through cottonbureau.com. Um, it's cottonbureau.com slash products slash rogue hyphen NASA hyphen insignia. So, and they're really pretty. They're blue t-shirts with like this cool red, blue and white symbol on them. But STEM is important and our kids need STEM education because you see what happens when you don't get science education. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bad things. We have seen proof of it. So, Oof. yep, that's okay. fine. Excellent. It's a nice looking shirt. Yeah, it, it is. is. It's really pretty. I like it. Okay, Fred, you've got uh, you got a couple here. Uh, I do. Hmm. I I have two picks, and I have two picks mainly because the first one is kind of a downer. So I figured if I'm going to be unfortunate, I'm, I'm going to follow it up with something at least interesting afterward. Um, and so the first one is super personal to me, and um, I don't really ask for things for myself from anyone. I, I hate it. Um, but right now, my mom is dealing with my stepdad having been diagnosed with neck and throat cancer and the bills that are going on with that. Um, so she started a GoFundMe to try and help pay for his chemo treatments, mainly because it's covered by the insurance they have, but they haven't met their out-of-pocket. So it's going to cost about $6,000, um, and the way it's going to get broken up for them is essentially at every treatment, as long as they can pay $1,000, he can get the treatment. Um, so the only option they really have is – crowdsourcing the ability to pay for this bill um and you know i i don't know how big the platform that i actually have through my facebook community and through O'Reilly and through the different people i know are and i understand that you know money is a thing that is very difficult for people but in this instance i'm going to use the platform i have and and just ask if there's any way anyone listening can help. And I mean even by sharing this. Please share it to other people that may have the means to help. Um, my mom can't do this on her own. And I am unfortunately not in the position to help her. So this is how I can. And so if you can go and check it out um, – you know, read the story, see what, what she needs, um, provide or share – Either way, um, I would be extremely grateful, and I would appreciate it. And um, it looks like the first round is February sixteenth. That's yeah. That was the other days. thing is is um, that actually may be pushed back 
basically because they don't want to do any of the treatments until they've done the PET scan to see exactly um, you know, how far things have gone since – because he did have to have surgery to remove the tumor that they had found. And so they want to see um, basically where else it may have gone. Um, they can't do the PET scan though because every time they try and lay him down to do the PET scan, he ends up coughing uncontrollably and they can't have that. Um, is it's basically him not being able to breathe. So right now on that date, they have him scheduled for both the PET scan and the first treatment if everything works out. Um, so it's, it's just one of those things where it's, it's super shitty. Um, and you know, like I said, I, I don't ask for things, but this is something that it's not for me. It's for my mom. And you know, I've at least got to put it out there. Okay. Yeah. And so, like I said, to follow that up, um, I just wanted to talk about uh, a couple of weeks ago, I did a, uh, I recorded solo with another podcast. Um, it's called the Podunk, Podunk Polymath Podcast, and it's hosted by Chris Watson, who people um, into atheist podcasts might know voice wise as the screaming heathen from Unbuckling the Bible Belt. Um, he left that show, was out of podcasting for a while and then came back with a blog and then turned the blog into a podcast. Um, I met him through, uh, another guest of ours, Marissa Alexa McCool, uh, through postings on Facebook. He and I got to talking, he was looking for a guest and, uh, I was like, Hey, I'll, I'll come and talk to you. And we ended up talking about prisons and prison reform and, and that kind of thing. I thought it ended up being a really good episode. I've had a couple people who have listened to it tell me it was a really good episode. I just haven't been on the show to do picks, um, or we haven't done picks on the shows that I've been on in a while. So I'm like, hey, why not throw it out there, get more people to listen to it? Um, the show itself is really good. Uh, he ha- He's talking about things that need to be talked about with people that have unique insights into what they're saying. I mean, he's done one on human trafficking. Um He's done this one on prison reform. He's uh, a lot of social justice issues that he talks about. So it, it's it's a good you know good message that's being put out into the world, and just a, a regular guy who wants to learn a little bit about as much as he can. So um, it, it's definitely an episode worth li- you know listening to, and uh, listen to the other ones afterwards as well. Excellent. Okay, and uh, of course, you know, hey, if you've got uh, got a little bit of that extra. Texture and money, and you'd like to do a humanitarian deed, you know, there's definitely the, uh, the GoFundMe. Help save Tom. So, good picks, good picks. And Amber. Uh, yeah, I included this book. Um, it's young adult, and I actually recently read it to my eight year old. Um, and she was able to pick up immediately on what was going on. So it, it can be applied to younger kids, too. It's called The Wave by Todd Strasser. And if you're looking for a way to maybe talk to your kids about <laughs> fascism or um, how anybody could could just kind of go along with the status quo um, and and how our country is the direction it's going in right now, this is a really good way to do that because it. It dramatizes an incident that took place in a California school in 1969. Um, A teacher had created an experimental movement to help students understand how people could have followed Hitler. And in doing so, basically created the Fourth Reich. Um, It got out of control very quickly. Um, It's a really good insight into how making somebody feel good about being part of a group can quickly devolve with the right leadership or the wrong leadership into a herd mentality that quickly becomes a lynch mentality. Mm. Um, and uh, it's like I said, I mean, I, it, it's recommended for, I think like uh, ages 12 and up, but I read it to my eight year old and she immediately understood what was going on. She immediately understood why it was important to talk about these things um, and how it applied to what's going on now. Um, 
And it's also because it's a little dramatized. It's also a, a pretty, uh, a pretty good page turner. Um, but it does stay remarkably true to the actual incident that occurred. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, it 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 is legitimately a good book. Um, I think at one point there was going to be a series or a movie, or there might have been a movie. Um, I have not seen that, but I definitely uh, do recommend the book. I don't know why that this is the the ad that's in the bottom, <laughs> but you know I don't know that doesn't seem uh, to be, I have an ad blocker thing, so I don't know. see it. Well, I do too. It's still coming up. <laughs> Mine doesn't. I don't know why. <laughs> Maybe mine's better. What do you Maybe. use? I got uBlock. Yeah. Well. Oh, it's not loaded. There it is. Uh. Bummer. Okay. So, the wave. Interesting. You know, I think I'm probably gonna have to pick that one up. Okay. Alrighty. Well. Ladies and gentlemen, I believe that we have uh, we have fulfilled our tasks here in informing the public of, of what the heck's going on in the world, and uh, and we've entertained at least we've laughed a lot. So, um, eh, the heck with the rest of them, right? <laughs> <laughs> we've had a good time. Therefore, we assume that you've also laughed and and cried along with us. So, hopefully, that is the case, and that is it for tonight. We'll be back live next Friday about nine thirty p.m. Eastern. And uh, right there on our webpage where you can chat and watch all through the show as several people have. I'm, I mean, I'm amazed that there are still three people actually watching and participating in the show all the way through. I'm very impressed. You, you guys all deserve gold stars, etc. So until then, let's keep the conversation going. Head over to O'ReillyRadio.com. That's O-R-L-Y-R-A-D-I-O.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, Google+. Plus. Us? Google, Google Plus. <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe to the podcast for the audio version and uh, YouTube for the for the video, and of course Twitch. You can you know watch when we're whenever we go live. And uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Um, oh yeah, yeah. If you want to help us out, you can do a few things. You can donate to the show through Patreon.com/slash Radio and get early access show content. Make the algorithms work for us by uh, reviewing us on iTunes, and that boosts our ranking. Use your words, tell somebody about us, and of course, engage us. Send us a message on the social medias or the electronic mails at Podcast at gmail.com or if you're the more talkative sort, 470-222-6759. It's always ready to take your call or your text. And, uh, well, Amber, you, you go ahead. Get this one. If you don't like what we've done here this evening, you can contact the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255, available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. The Lifeline provides free and confidential support for people in distress, prevention and crisis resources for you or your loved ones, and best practices for professionals. Thank you for choosing to waste your valuable time on us. This has been O'Reilly Radio, part of the Random Acts Company. This work licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 3.0, United States license, including the music Rocket and Pamgea, created by Kevin McLeod of Incomptech.com. Thank you, everyone. Remain vigilant, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.